I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav and with me I have got Davo and I have got Andy and we have four topics tonight as usual. We'll be in and out of here in about an hour because as you know Davo starts work at three o'clock in the morning and he has to get some sleep. That's um, part of his contract though. If we go past eight minutes past 11 there's usually trouble and we owe him extra money. Um, Andy how are you? Oh Gav, how are you? Good? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I'm not good. No? <laughs> no. Okay. You feel, you, you're taking this hard, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I will try to cheer you up in the next hour or so. Um, Davo, how are you? Yeah, look. I think we're all kind of in the same boat. I mean, I'm grand, Gav. Yeah, I'm grand. The football is shit, but I'm grand. I'm grand. Okay. Um, four topics. We fly through them. Um, some of them are confusing me tonight. I'm gonna to be honest with you. I'm gonna throw them in there and see what happens. But um, we're gonna do Andy's winner, Davos loser, Davos winner, and then Andy's loser to finish. Um, loads and loads to cover. Um, it could go anywhere. This I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, what did we say? Andy's winner to start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go on, Andy. Who's your winner of the week? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I suppose the winner of the week is the the integrity of football. So here we go. Um, I seen a tweet away, there. Bro. It was either last night or the today, but it got me thinking anyway. So I'll read it out. It's it's not a tweet. It's a it's a link to um, a post someone put up in a forum. A lot of listeners or viewers have probably seen it already. But let's let's just read it out and, and they pick the bones out of it. So 
Um, this fella writes, uh, I'm probably done when Klopp leaves, uh, but it has nothing to do with only being here for the glory. He was there for Sounds, he was there for the L. You'll uh, always love Liverpool, but doesn't love what's happened to the game. Klopp brings the authenticity. Um, he can relate to, you know, to feel compelled to come back. Or, you know, he'd rather come second uh, with him than the likes of Guardiola. Um, to me, though, the game is pretty much dead outside of Klopp's Liverpool. I don't watch any games apart from ours. Sadly, the game has become a vehicle for corrupt greedy and a place for criminals to launder their bloodstained reputations. All cheered by um, psychopathic pundits and brainwashed fans desperate to defend the indefensible in exchange for silver. The uh, game has become a moronic ship for, of fools, so no wonder so many long-standing football fans want to get off. The lunatics have taken over the asylum. Of course, this is also exactly what the corrupt and the bloodstained blood stained want. They actually want proper fans gone. They want them replaced by dumbed down Johnny Come Lately's, uh, who lap up um, all talk without question. The brainless, thoughtless social media generation is what they want following the game now. People who won't ask questions and who could be easily bought off. Uh, we know UEFA is corrupt, dangerous, and unfit for purpose. You know the Premier League is the same. Um, I'm not sure I read that part. Um, <laughs> um but basically, yeah, cheating in the game is is encouraged, and you know the authorities in the game are, are aren't willing to do anything about it. And you know, teams with integrity are being taken over with teams that are just being bought over by bloodstained money, and it's turning a lot of people off watching football. And I think a lot of us can relate to it. Maybe we don't all put it into words like that, but there's something that's just not, it's harder to kind of connect with football these days. Maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Maybe we remember things, but it's, it, you just feel cheated, you know, a lot more. Um, but look, taking that piece into account, it got me thinking, we're in a bit of a lull at the moment. Um, but we went toe-to-toe with City, you know, in Europe and in the Premier League over recent years without all of that doing, you know, cheating money. Um, and yesterday, Arsenal kind of reminded me of Klopp, the earlier Klopp days when we were hungry, or fearless, full of energy. And someone has to challenge City this season. And I'm glad it's one of the more honest guys. <coughs> um, they're going about business the right way. Um, they suffered like us for a long time. They they built their stadium and they seemed to be paying it off forever and they weren't able to do much business in the transfer market, which kind of re- reminds you a little bit of Liverpool at the moment, the way the spending is. Um, they don't spend hundreds of millions on transfers, although Gav did correct me pre-show and say they have spent a lot of money, but to be fair, they're doing it in an honest way. They're doing it, tr- you know, by being compliant to FFP and through money that the club <laughs> generates. I'm not yes. reading the comments. BH says, I've just turned on. I thought Andy was reading the manifesto before his killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go on, Andy. Uh, I'll just look like just a, I'm lost with trying to talk here. But look, <laughs> Arsenal aren't, aren't buying players for 100, 200 million and enough fucking paying players 900 grand a week. You know, I think if we do reach a time when there's no place for great sides built on integrity, like the likes of us, um, Arsenal, Leeds, you know, the teams that were successful years ago and like were being replaced by Manchester teams like United. Newcastle. Yeah, Manchester United, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
absolutely. Um, even if it was a thing where we were bought over by this sort of money and every year we just took a turn winning the league, you know, then it's Newcastle's turn, then it's Chelsea's turn, then it's whoever's turn, not no virus's fucking turn because they've been taken over. It'd be just empty, you know. Um, and I think that soulless feeling about football would have me gone as well. So, like, for a long, as long as it lasts, I'd love to see, <clears throat> if it can't be us, I'd love to see Arsenal maybe going toe-to-toe with, uh, with, with City this season because it's um it's just not good for football to have nobody challenging them. And we know what it's down to. We know it's down to corrupt cash and all that shit, shit things that go with it. Can I ask you a question before I move on to Dabo? Yeah. Um, after you've said all that, how have you worked out that integrity is the winner this week? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's the only thing that's confusing me. <laughs> it's um, two losers. Okay. He just went for two um, losers. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with it, by the way. That's Look, fine. Arsenal, Arsenal beat us yesterday, and I think they're they're one of the more integral player uh, teams left in the league. They're not. They're doing things the right way, and they're reaping the rewards from maybe being a bit cuter in the transfer market, going about having a bit of faith in our manager. And they're winning, you know, they're winning well. They're, uh, they're nice to watch and they've got some really good players, hungry, the desire is there. And it does remind you of of how Liverpool were maybe going back to when Klopp just came in. And you ha- it does, I'd rather see that challenge in City than just say Newcastle coming up out of nowhere and taking, you know, going toe-to-toe with them. So if integrity can last in football, that's why I'm just saying it's a winner, <laughs> a potential winner. <laughs> so, Davo, I'll go last on this, but what's your take on this? Is, is, it, is it something that worries you or is it something that if, not even worries you? Is it something that you think about all the time where you just think this is just only going to go one way and unless you're, unless you're cheating? You won't be able to compete in. I think in. I think in three years' time, yeah, unless you're cheating, to... and you've started your cheating now, you're gonna absolutely struggle to compete. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's hurling towards us. To be honest with you, uh, Gav, the Super League is gonna happen. You like you'll probably dress if, if you look at what you wait for down at the minute. I don't. I'm not too sure if they've even confirmed these legacy plays. This Swiss uh, model they're gonna use in the Champions League, where you have two groups to say. 14 or 16 an algorithm yeah. uh picks who you play but apparently in this i don't know if this is 100 percent nailed on there's legacy places which would mean the likes of us mm-hmm. united juventus madrid blah mm-hmm. blah anyone has a bad season yeah grand listen you're in mm-hmm. you're in on a legacy place which that's fucking that's not good like it's the whole the super thing league about the, yeah it's a super league re-wrapped and the whole thing about the super league was like we didn't have a huge issue with it. Like something happened. Like people, f- I forget here. You ain't fighting the good guys. They're fucking far from it. But the the clothes shop thing is not good. You can't have that. You can't have that in football. You shouldn't. Be, if you if you're not good enough in the pitch, you shouldn't be there in it. Mm-hmm. Um. But like you said there, Gav. Yeah, it's it's flying towards us. That I think in probably five years, at at most, if you're not owned by a sovereign uh, nation, you're not going to compete. That's I, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I think basically that's a look look at the wages, they're only gone one way. Haaland is on my all things added in nine hundred grand a week. Nine hundred grand a week. Like mm-hmm. that's fucking You can't you can't compete you with can't, that. You, you, can't, know? you can't you can't compete with that. Your wife around okay, like Andy that post said it's it's just it's just blood money after blood money after blood money and yeah, look it, it just it's it's flowing towards us that 
like it's either a super league going to happen or this like like we said earlier this Swiss model champions league that's coming down is a is super league really wrapped and to be honest with you I actually don't know how I feel about it if if say a fucking Saudi or Abu Dhabi or, or someone come in and, and took us over I, I, I don't really know how I feel about it. I really don't. I, like, I, like every we're all fa- like fan means fanatic. We're all fucking fanatical about our clubs. We want us to win, but like to be said, it definitely leave a bad taste anyway. Definitely. I, but do, just do you not feel? Yeah. Do you not just think that it'd be just meaningless? You know, no. every club would be just the same. No, you know, if you're talking about, but what what would make us different? Well, sorry, between, sorry. What what do you think would be meaningless? Every club will be just uh will be just competing with money, you know. There'd be there'd be no real identity with a club. No, it's the exact same thing. Like clubs like have always had this identity about how they play football. Like Arsenal, for instance, it's never tolerated that they're gonna just stink the place out. I mean, their fans expect a certain brand of football. Um the same with Liverpool. Like, look, with Liverpool, it's a bit deeper about you know the culture and the city and the you know the socialism. I think we're just taken over by, you know, like these people. Like you can't on one hand say you want Liverpool to be a socialist team, you want cheap tickets, you want this, you want that, and then you say, but I want the billionaires who murder people on the streets in their in their in their countries. I want them to come in and spend all the money. I mean, you can't have a you can't have it two ways. I know FSG aren't perfect, absolutely not. They're businessmen. Um, but their values definitely align closer with the club and the city and they take um they consider these things you know how many other clubs will appoint a group of fans at board level they've agreed in writing that they will not enter into the super league without the fans um passing that Mm -hmm. a mandated vote by fans Mm -hmm. so like, I mean, forget that shit if anybody else comes in. They won't care. They won't care about the local fan. They won't care. And, um, I mean, it's not about locals. Right? We're we're day trippers. We're the same as anyone else in any other country. But I think it's important that, as a Liverpool fan, you kind of support the city and the people and what they've had to endure. And I think FSG consider these things when all the Arabs are whatever country they're coming from, whether they're coming from China, just pumping blood money in and sports washing, they don't care about, you know, the history and, and the tragic events that's happened in the club and, and all, all of those things that make it make it important, that make going to the game a life for people in Liverpool and, and, and people that have supported the club a long time are young people that want to identify with the club. You may as well just pick your pick your uh, sports washing uh, or pick your state. It's fucking ridiculous. And, you know, if it does happen, I'm out. Well, I've long, I've kind of long said that um, you basically can't compete. If if you're going to stick to some sort of moral compass, you're not going to be able to compete. Because what we're seeing, what we've seen with, um, even going back as far as Chelsea, but what what you've seen in more recent times with City is um like I I and I don't know if there's any City fans watching, I know a handful of them. And I'll tell you quite openly, I don't recognise any trophy Man City have won in the last ten years. None of Me them. Me neither. I don't. I genuinely don't. And I won't I won't recognise any any trophy that Newcastle United win in the next ten years because they will win them. And 
I have, and people will, like, if you take the Newcastle situation, people will say, well, we had Mike Ashley. Absolutely, I have every sympathy with you. But if you brought in an owner that was worth the same amount of money as Mike Ashley, or double him, whatever you want, right, and said, we have an owner now that's not going to fucking hold all the money back and give us 40 million every three seasons. He's going to give us that 100 million every summer because that's probably the going rate for a Premier League club to spend. Let's be honest. If they were to go about that and say, we have... We're spending our money like we should instead of Mike Ashley, right? And Newcastle in the next three years went from 12th to 8th to 4th. And then you go, you know what? I have a lot of respect for that because they are a big club and they've done it in a certain way, right? Man City the same, but they haven't. What they've done is they've come in, okay? They've said, how much can we plug into this? You can put X amount in over three years, fine. We're just going to make up a load of companies, they're going to sponsor us, and then they're just them sponsors are going to give us loads of fucking money, which is our own, and we're going to put it all in there, and we're going. That's how we're going to take over football. The whole thing going back to FSG, FSG aren't perfect. In no owner is perfect, right? Mm. But they the can't is, be. It's impossible. Like no, but, but what happens? No, no. But what happens is what happens is with FSG. If you have an issue with FSG, I've no issue. I've no issue with that. I think I've had issues with them. Me and you have had fucking stand-up arguments over and mm. like a few times. But you cannot judge FSG off what Man City do. Simply can't. Like, Haaland's thing came out during the week. He's on the same money as Kevin De Bruyne. But I think if he turns up and he kicks the ball with his left foot twice, he gets 100, an extra 100 grand a week. Mm. You know, I think if he turns up and he, I don't know, fucking does the warm-up before the game, he gets another 100 grand a week. Like, that's how ridiculous it's going. Right, mm. and you said would it not die because every club would be just the same spend all this money it won't because the likes of me or you or Davo or people that have this way of supporting football it's reducing by the day simply because we're getting older right mm. we're not I'm not a young man anymore right it's reducing by the day and the area you live in is full of people that want to see their club spending all the fucking money, right? Mm. Oh, we've spent this, we spent this, you know. Uh, and that's the way it's going. That's the era of football you're in now. It's it's who spends the most. You know, we've said it loads of times. Some people don't support football teams anymore. They support players. Mm. So there's a guy sitting mm. in fucking Paris somewhere, right, that loves Neymar. And Neymar goes and signs for Man City tomorrow. He goes and boys all man city stuff mm. you know what i mean and that's the year you're in fifa points right fucking all this stuff it's it's all about that and the football won't die in the sense that it will keep trundling on because the era that are coming up now that's the way they see football me and you will probably say oh this is a lot of me bollocks right but mm. for me what's going to kill it is and john i've left that comment on the screen because john said everyone cheered for city to beat liverpool the title so i'm not cheering our arsenal let's see you win the title again it doesn't affect me i'm torn on that because i i've no time for Mikel arteta but i would kind of like to see arsenal go and push city because liverpool aren't going to the start we've had we simply aren't right mm. but at the same time i kind of look no no let them win it again because people made their bet like City were saving football for years against Liverpool because the, this traditional huge club were on the verge of coming back and taking over like they did in the 70s. Not taking over, but becoming really successful like they did through the 70s and 80s in particular. And everyone wanted City to win to save football. And now you're starting to see this turn where Liverpool won't put this up to them. 
oh City win everything everyone's lying down for City you'll see if Marshall fans now for the rest of the mm. season oh everyone lies over for City look at we so, had to beat the Mayor, uh, I'm sorry Dom go ahead no listen just, it's just on that I am t- a bit torn myself on that gav like, like to see someone pushing them but you know what if they want to buy 30 points to say well look at fuck it he's fucking wanted them to win it every year we were going up against them do you remember the the Stevens' day game Leicester away we were only after playing about 20 minutes from the, the World Club Cup mm. and there's yeah. memes going around Leicester City from like a meme made up at all the other crests in the background. Oh, you have to say football. You have no, to they were, they were, they were, when they make them one crest with yeah, all the bits yeah, of all the other clubs. Yeah. Come yeah. on, uh, beat Liverpool, say football. We only have to play in about a half an hour from Abu Dhabi and we bet the shit out of them the, the year we won the league. So mm. I, I'm torn on that. Listen, just one more thing about that just before you go back to Andy. Gary Neville has been saying an awful lot about American ownership there the last word. That American ownership, letting American more American owners into the Premier League is bad and all that. He hasn't fucking once really mentioned fucking Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, all these teams. He's it's twerking like his whole. He's he's twerking his whole for United for the Glazers to mm-hmm. sell to a fucking sovereign mm-hmm. nation or some absolute mm-hmm. oil bleeding baron somewhere, and he doesn't give two fucks. Because Gary he's a Neville, scumbag. because Gary Neville has identified exactly what way this is going. And it's not hard to identify. I'm not. I'm not mm. calling him any sort of fucking genius. But Gary Neville's looking at it and going, "You see, <laughs> Gary Neville has started this in the last while, and I t- and 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 others, right? But the thing is, is that basically UEFA have come out and said in 2025 there's a new FFP coming in where you will have to, you know, where 60 percent it's now or 70 percent now 60 percent, whatever way they're fucking doing it. But basically, what they're doing is they're telling you. And they're telling the likes of Man City, PSG, Newcastle, right? Well, Newcastle get away because they're not in Europe and that's where they can kind of get away with it. Premier League will probably have to look at them for spending. But what they've basically told them is you need to get your house in order, not not to line up with the other clubs, to absolutely sit yourself in, in the position you're in and strengthen that position now. Because come 2025, they're going to go, well, where are you getting that money from? And they're going to go, oh, we have these sponsors five years. We have these sponsors three years. They're all PO boxes. That's what they are. So then if you go and look at the new regulations coming from UEFA in 2025, it actually protects clubs that are making up sponsors to put running through the books as sponsorship when it's actually investment, right? Mm. And when 2025 comes and then you're going to get, bang, you're going to get the perfect storm of the Super League dropping on someone's door around yeah. that time as well, I think. It's going to yeah. cause absolute murder. But look, uh, <clears throat> I've said it before. There's only one way Liverpool Football Club is going if they get sold. There's only one way it's going. Mm. Because nobody's coming, nobody's turning up in Liverpool to make it money. They're not, you're not making money out of this club. It's simple as that. Because if How you look at Liverpool, look, but look, if you if Liverpool are taking 500 million quid a year in, right? Mm. If they're taking that in and they're spending it, which they are spending it, right? If you look at their mm. accounts, I don't know if Liverpool have made a profit over the last five years. I highly doubt no. it. Right? Well, they have in the five years they have, yeah. Right. Oh, to what amount? Uh, well, like in in three years, I think they've they've reported, um, you know, a loss in three years. But the two previous years before that, I think there was a marginal profit, like forty million or something. Okay. Three years back, but like they reported one hundred and forty loss, then a forty million loss, and then this year, like a, just a really small. Yeah, well, COVID loss has thing. to be taken into into thing yeah. as well. But but what I'm saying is, if someone turns up there, Andy, how much further can you go to bring money in? to make money off this club. You can't. So somebody is coming in. Somebody is coming in to own that club to say they've owned it. Right? Yeah, the vanity project. Yes. And I yeah. think that's the way it's going. And that's where Liverpool are ending up. 
And know. if you're okay, I don't know whether it, okay, yeah. but I I can see an awful lot not being okay. With yeah, it. I don't know. Like, look, come here. If maybe we're blinded by the that we're talking about the modern fan. A lot of the comments is the modern fan this, the younger fan that, the modern fan that. But these these are just noisy teenagers on Twitter. Like they're not really a reflection of reality. I mean, go to the city and ask the same question. I don't think people in Liverpool want to see that ripped away from them. That is their club. Mm. And all those values and all the important things, no no um, state-owned club or, or anyone else is going to give a bollocks about that. You know? And, and yeah, but, you, but you have to, for, but you, Brandy, you have to be, you have to, uh, you see, if you go to the city of Liverpool and you ask 100 people, would they be happy with, not say not FSG, say another owner, but that other owner is going to basically come in and go, listen, what, whatever we earn plus 50 million a year, because that's all we can afford over the next mm. five years as owners, right? If you're happy with that, you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that unless you have a genius or a couple of them running things, right, you are not going to be able to compete with the others because they're going in and going, well, we don't make 500 million like Liverpool, we make 300, but we're going to find a way of putting another 400 in on top anyway. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So we're going to outsp- we're gonna outspend them every year, regardless. And if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. But the way things are going, Andy, right? You're talking about all teenagers. In five years' time, they won't be teenagers. They'll be adults. And the way it, everything is pushed towards now is it's all about clicks, it's all about interaction, and it's all Come about here, who's the, the same most people. Money. The same people are talking about uh, IPTV all day long and uh, buying their, their football jerseys and showing it. Like they <laughs> serve no value <laughs> or purpose to the club. The people in the people in Liverpool who are going to the games, like look. Somebody raised it uh, a few points. They're going talking about morals. And look, I know FSG are uh, perfect. They did try and furlough staff. They did try and charge £77 tickets. They did um, trademark the, try and trademark the lawyer board. There, there's a whole host of things, but they did a reverse on, on, on in the end because they listened. And another owner won't listen. Guaranteed they won't listen. And whether we love those things because they're ours, they love those things because they add value to the club as well. Like you never walk alone is very valuable to them. The whole LFC family idea and all these things, it's very valuable to them. They don't they won't want to disrupt that brand because they know that's what's going to uh what they can market the club on. So whether their intentions are the same as ours for all those values is irrelevant. But the main thing is they're kept. But if somebody comes in and, you know, they just say, Yeah, uh, tickets to the ground are two hundred quid now. Uh, we're gonna fill it anyway. Um, but CU that's been going to the game for 30 years, good luck. You won't be able to afford it. it doesn't matter. We'll just have loads of people coming in from all over the world. They yeah, won't but, care. But at the end of the day, right, and, and I, I'm completely with you on, on you know, the morals and, and what, what, what people want a football club to be, right? But the simple fact of the matter is I'm completely fine with that. Like, genuinely, if Liverpool turn around and continue doing what they're doing for the next 10 years, right, and our next five years, we'll clop in charge and we'll have rough patches, we'll have this, we'll have that. Fine, right? That's even forgetting FSG. Bring another owner in, right? But if you bring another owner in to act in the way Liverpool should act, as we think, right? The, the reality is you're not going to be able to compete. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Simple as that. Well, look, okay, okay. Just, just on that cap, you will. There is light at the end of the tunnel as well. Like, if you look at the last five years, the amount of money that's being spent on, on capital uh, expenditure, infrastructure, like, that's that's it now once the Anfield Road is done. The training ground is done. The main stand is done. Uh, the Anfield Road end to be done. They're probably not going to redevelop the cop. Um, and, but all that stuff has to be paid for, right? And we've seen from, if anyone's bothered looking at the accounts, we've seen that everything that's spent or everything that comes in just goes out. And at the moment, it's being invested in... You're, you're talking about a couple of generations of ground lost. Like if you compare us to Man United, which were we were sitting fairly even in the eighties, but they took they uh, they recognised the future and um, they had more commercially minded owners and they left the moors in the dust. And it took us kind of twenty or thirty years to get an owner in of the same understanding. So there was a lot of ground to made up, to be made up. And in the last 10 years, not only have we brought the club back to now making more money than Manchester United, we've had a Premier League, which we, we, we waited 30 years for. We've had a couple of Champions League finals. We've won a Champions League. We've won everything that you can win in the game under Klopp, right? And that's why while, that's while putting the club back on the map off the pitch. When all that shit is paid for, there will be huge amounts of revenue coming into the club that can be then invested in, in, uh, in players. Yeah, I I completely get that because you have to. If if we're <laughs> doing well on the pitch, that is no point in having fifty nine thousand seats if, if you're not selling out. Or yeah, not, but that was, it's their you know, they, they it's do their job. Hand hand, like. Yeah, it's their yeah, job. Yeah, no, I get it's, you. It's in their it's in their interest to to do that as well. You know, mm. you have to like you have to give them credit. They did bring in the right people by bringing in Klopp and his people. Oh, 100%. And they, they, they constantly churn their backroom staff mm. to make sure that everyone's hungry and everyone's uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing. They they are gonna fucking you know, you can trust that they're gonna uh, they wanna do they wanna be able to uh, compete as well. You know, they're not gonna just mm. go, oh fuck it. You know, we're not making Champions League football. But they won't it. be able they're not to not gonna do that. Like, this is what, what I'm trying mean? to say to you. They, uh, listen, if they're spending 50 million or 60 million a year on infrastructure, right? Okay, just say for Eamon's sake, they spent 60 million a year on infrastructure over the last five years, right? Yeah. With regards to the training centre, and I don't know how much they paid that. I presume Axel will put money towards that because of the name and all that. And the, and the Anfield Road end, right? So just say for Eamon's yeah. sake, right? So if they're spending 50, an extra, say 50 million a year, just, just for a round figure, right? It could be more, it could be less, right? 50 million is going to be fuck all to you, Andy, in two or three years' time. And the reason being is, you and I, this is not me slating them, they are brilliant on what they do in bringing in money. They're brilliant at it. Like, to, to be matching Manchester United for income revenue is in, mm. incredible, given okay, the head start they had, right? But, 300 million is 300 million. Forget about acts of pain for our... Oh, no, no, no. For, yeah, okay, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, is if, if they've spent... If, you take, if they've if you spent 50... If they've, got, if they've been spending 50 million a year for five years or six years, right? Yeah. On infrastructure. And now that's gone. Right? That's gone. Yeah. They, they've paid for it. Okay, so, so they're that's... Around, so for, they're for anyone that's saying, We're phenomenal. Hold on. We're phenomenal at bringing in money, which you yeah. can't argue they are, right? And now we've an extra 50 million a year, Right? As as good as it is, 
and they could probably push it up a bit more because I think Liverpool are right maybe on the limit of what they can earn because they just they're phenomenal at what they do. It's not going to matter, Andy. And this is where the integrity comes in because Man City and Newcastle in this league will look at that and go, they're bringing in 500 million a year and now they're 50 million on top of that, 550. And we're bringing oh, yeah. in 300 yeah. million a year. What they'll do is they'll turn around and they go off and they'll set up five sponsors, right? I know that. That'll I give them that. 60 yeah. million a year each. Yeah. And then they'll have 650 million and you'll have 550. I know that, Gav. And I, you're breaking I, your bollocks and that. they're not. I'm not comparing, I'm not comparing what FSG's uh, potential is in the transfer market against what, what City can do. I'm just talking about the situation and what may be the case if we aren't taking over. I don't believe we will be taking over. I see people saying in the comments that we'd be sold in three years. I don't think so. They don't seem to sell their their um, their companies. They're, they're, I don't know why there would be a desire to when... Like they just can't, just seem to be able to increase the value constantly. The desire I mean, will be there, be- Andy, if the if the Super League does not come in, okay, and the and the twenty twenty five FFP goes in as they think it's going to go in because they yeah. they did bank on FFP being put right and it's never being put right and the one yeah. coming in in 2025 is worse than what we have now yeah. in 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 the sense of if you're going to run things a certain way, i.e. FSG or Arsenal or whoever, right. And that's what that's when they'll sell. That's when they'll go. Listen, yeah. we can't compete. They may, they may sell. I just don't believe they will. Look, the point that was leading up to about the, the that three hundred million or so that was spent on you know capital expenditure, uh, you know infrastructure and everything else, uh, with people that are obsessed with their net spend, you know, if you add an extra three hundred million on over the following for uh, five years, then all of a sudden they're not these these penny pinchers. I mean, people only see net spend, but if that wasn't spent on uh, making the ground bigger or uh, making Kirby bigger, well, then it would have been spent on players. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I listen. I'm not, I'm not having a go at the way they run things. I think the model they have, they run it to the absolute letter of the model they have, mm-hmm. and I think they could absolutely come out the back of it and say 50 million a year extra and we could probably up that a little bit more because of we're really good at what we do but I just don't think they can compete because I think the cards are continuously being stacked against them and will yeah. do again in the next two yeah, Gav, years I don't, I don't think I don't think they can compete with Man City and Newcastle's money either <coughs> yeah I'm just I'm just saying if we became the next one of those you know going by the at the, at the very beginning of this going by that piece that was written I can completely relate to that I, I think I just it'd be just a bit of a hobby. It'd be like I wouldn't put it this way, a bad result puts me in bad form for a couple of days. Mm. You know, I'm yeah, I support the team just like I did as a kid and I want I you know, I'm living for the games. But it's it's becoming less and less tolerable these days because um you know how hard it is to compete with these and if somebody came in and we just became another one of them, then it'd be meaningless. Yeah, well that but that but that's what's gonna happen unless a massive turnaround comes where you go, hold on, yeah, this stops. I don't give so, a fuck exactly. how much money you have, and we're gonna put wage caps on, and we're gonna bring these exactly. guys back towards the traditional way of running football clubs <laughs> exactly. rather than so rather making than... the traditional football clubs sell themselves yeah. to go and match what's going on. Right. Sorry, so, Sean exactly. Sean so, has a super chat. Enjoying... I have to read it. He says, Away from right. the corrupt football, at least we have the Irish Euro qualifiers to distract us. <laughs> Jay, you wouldn't know whether to laugh or cry. Ireland got a group with France, Holland, Gibraltar, and Greece, Greece or something. They haven't got a fucking hope in France. Gav, go on. Um, fuck it, doesn't matter. 
Okay. <laughs> and we spent long enough on that. I think we're about 30 minutes on that. And we were meant uh, to be Kev's given out to Kev, Davo will get angry. Yeah. Why is Davo getting angry? No, no, no. Kev just goes, we're 35 minutes in, lads, or 31 minutes. Or I thought, yeah, well, look, flame Andy. Um, what are we going to? Davo, your loser we're going to. Is it loser? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my loser is the madness that was going on with Casillas and Puyol there over the weekend. Absolutely just fucking crazy. Carry on. I was just sitting there flicking through my phone there and I was just seeing something about Casillas. Clicked it. I actually seen his tweet. Clicked in. Translate tweet. Please respect me or whatever. I'm gay. I was sitting there. My missus was there as well. I says, I think Casillas after coming out was gay. Like, that's blue ticked accounting as he's hacked and She's on her phone. She goes, he's two kids. And Mario says, oh, look, it's the way the world is, days or whatever. Yeah. And lo and behold, it turns out now we was just trying to annoy people or put people off the scent with a new girlfriend or he keeps, keeps getting linked to women in the Spanish press and, and whatnot. And listen, listen I, I know we're laughing and joking here, but I, I have no concept of it. But I'm sure I, like there was a lot of people coming out seemingly um, in uh LGBTQ plus and all that um, on Twitter saying how brilliant that was, how big it would be for um, someone like him, a World Cup winner, multiple Champions League winner and one of the best keepers of all time to come out um, as gay and how, how it would move things along and whatnot. And I'd say for them, listen, obviously I can't comment, but I'd say for them just a kick in the teeth for it to be really kind of laughed off as a joke between himself and Puyol and then pretending that his account was hacked and all is like... Mm. There's a reason why there's a reason why more players don't come out, um, uh, male players, because I think there's an awful lot of female players that do, but an awful lot of male players come out, and this kind of shit doesn't help. And yeah, look, that was I, I just think it was absolutely fucking crazy. Carry on from. I no, I'm gonna be honest. I I did see it was actually a screenshot of his tweet I seen, right, with Carlos Puyol, I think replying underneath it. Mm. And then I seen him going, and then I genuinely seen another screenshot of a tweet from him going, sorry guys, I was hacked. And I just completely switched off and went, the guy's being hacked. You know, <clears throat> fine. But there was a lot more to this by the, by the sounds of it. Andy, do you know what was going on? Because I, I was quite, I was kind of happy he's brought it up because I kind of need it explained to me. Because I seen a tweet, I was hacked, and then I went, all right, that's the end of that, move on. But there seems to be a bit uh, more to it. But the only other part that I heard today was that um, it was in response to rumors being made about him with some other woman, and he just came. He just put that out there, like to show how ridiculous, you know, rumors can be or whatever mm-hmm. on social media. I don't know. It stinks to me. Like one of the lads got his phone and just put that picture. We had that picture of Puyol, and someone put it up and it went onto Twitter. And look, in reality, that's the uh, dressing room culture that still exists in in football, in in sport. There's so very little um, high-profile professionals that are out as gay, certainly not in football, and that still exists. And if it was done as a joke, it's gone out to millions. It's gone, and it's it's mm. so damaging to the um, you know the L- what the LGBT community are trying to do and. People every year when when Pride comes around, they're asking, "Why is this still going on?" You know, gay people are hundred percent accepted in society, but we see the examples of these things over and over again, where uh, people make a laughing stock out of it. 
I mean, when is it going to become absolutely normalized that somebody can be in love with somebody of the same sex uh, and not be a big, big fucking joke? So what, whatever's happened, whether he was hacked or whether one of the lads was no, Andy, the fucking, or whether he... I don't, I don't think it was either, Andy. Like, for Puyall to be the first comment on the knee it's time for us to tell our story. Like, that's a big fucking joke between okay, the two so of them. Okay, so between... The, 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 there you go. So between like, the yeah. two of them... Yeah, between yeah. the two of them, they've, they've basically um, made that a, a gay relationship is one big joke. And, mm. and they've done it publicly. And it's, it, it's outrageous. I mean, how in this day and age could they think that that's going to be received well by the public? Whether they were pissed drunk or whatever. But look... It's just highlighted again the the changes in mindset and people need to challenge how they think about these things. I'm sure in generations to come, we're only talking about um, the younger football fan. One thing I know is in uh, people, younger people in society are way more accepting of people that are different, whatever it is, whether it's race or sexuality, um, and fucking L sweats like us to be long gone and hopefully things in society be a lot more comfortable for people to come out and everything else but it's uh it's fucking ridiculous that um somebody who has such a reach who has the opportunity to uh send out the right message to people you know we've seen jordan henderson doing it on his account over you know the last couple of years trying to promote using his platform to try and promote the right things and lots of other people in, in football, like John Barnes on racism, Ian Roy, uh, and then it just gets fucking ruined by assholes uh, like Casillas and Puyol. So um, we need to cop the fuck on. It's not a joke. It's not a laughing matter. And, and people with such high-profile uh, presence should know better. You know, simple as. <coughs> Emmett says, Josh Cavallo is an openly gay footballer and he has criticised the two. It goes to show, even though we think things have moved on, they really haven't moved at all. The way, if Casillas, if that had went out on Casillas' account, right, and he done it as a joke, he gets away with it if Puyol doesn't open his mouth because he comes out and says, I was hacked, and that's it. I was hacked, and I've got my account back, and that's good, right? But the fact that Puyol replies with, oh, it's time to tell our story, you know, um, was really... It, that's what I found really strange about the whole thing. And like I said, when I seen he said then he was hacked, I literally turned off him. But like talking to both of you is like it's like, yeah, he puts that out there. Right? And the only thing Casillas has to come back on is no no no. Someone like a mate took me phone and put that out, it was out of order. And Puyol acting the bollocks wrote this back thinking it was funny when it's clearly not. It's the only way Casillas comes out with this for any sort of credit, probably, at this stage. But it's only like you said, and, and um, Anthony says there, well said, Andy, and stuff like that. And Andy spot on, says Hannah. It's, for me, it's it's just another way of showing people, I think, how backward football is. And a lot of sports, to be perfectly honest with you. When it comes to, um, if you're gay, you're lesbian, you're whatever you want to be, right? Um transgender whatever 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 you want to be like people often say to me what do you think of that and i go listen i don't care what people do i genuinely don't care what people do you know if they want to be straight gay whatever it might be go and do it not hurting anybody you're not you're offending people definitely because some people are just like that but if you're not hurting anybody go and do it 
but but he shouldn't be making a joke of that. You know, he he be his put it this way. If he came out and done something with a racist tone to it, right? You know what I mean? Um like if he turned around and sorry, and Kev's right, he says men's football, Gav, you're right. Women's football is a way better at it. Um I'm way better at accepting people and, and promoting it in my opinion. But if he'd have come out and said something where you go, um he goes, um I don't know, whatever, I don't know what racist tone he could come out with. But if he'd have come out with a racist tone, that would have been, and I mean, everywhere, and quite rightfully so. Mm. But but as much as the reaction is there to this, again, it's just kind of, yeah, you know, and that's what it will be. Kind of shrug of the shoulders from everyone and then move on. I'm not saying me, you, or anybody in the chat or whatever. But you know that mm. sort of way, it's kind of a, ah, uh, yeah, and we move on. You know, sort of, and I just think, they're both fucking Egypts, to be perfectly honest with you. He's had a fucking, mm. the two of them, they've had a fucking nightmare. They really, I, listen, I don't know what the reaction is in Spain, to, but they've really had a fucking nightmare, the two of them, big time. Mm. I, I, mm. I genuinely haven't looked at the reaction to it, because it was only when you said that, and, you know, people people probably think I'm on social media all day, every day, I'm not. And I don't really look up stuff, and a lot of what I find about Liverpool comes from mates going, you see this, you see that. Um but I genuinely seen I was hacked and I kind of just bang, that's enough for me. I haven't seen it. Um but Jesus Christ, um I, I don't know, like apps two fucking idiots. Mm. And if they're getting if they're getting fucking a hard time over it, they probably deserve it. You know, they probably do deserve it. Um Oh we're staying with Davo. Your winner, Davo. Oh me winner. Look, if try to get some sort of positive spin on, on Liverpool at the minute, uh, but I thought Darwin Nunes was very good yesterday. And for a fella who's gotten an awful lot of sticks since he came in, people putting up fucking training videos when he's with Uruguay and fucking this, that and the other. He's getting dogs abuse over his touch, everything else. Diaz as well. You know, we got bad news on Diaz, obviously, tonight, but I thought that link up play uh, was very, very good. But Nunes was really the one that I thought he... Um, like early, asked my questions, obviously for the first few minutes, very high. And I was watching with my brother. I said, listen, I'm going to have to be brave here. I'm going to have to try and play a ball through and it's got to be protected. And Simica clipped the ball down. It was early enough. And Nunes got it into himself. Cooper closing him down and a lovely little ball around the corner to somebody and we got out and we got away. And I just think, fucking lovely. You need to do more of that. And it was a real... Listen, I think that's the part of his game where he lacks coming, uh, coming deep. His touch can be a little bit off. But I have to say, I thought all around yesterday, I thought he was very, very good. I could be overpraising him, I don't know, because listen, he obviously, he got his Charlie Shield goal, he got his goal against Fulham, sticks to head and Anderson, so misses three games and he hasn't been, he hasn't seen a lot of football since. But look at, looking for some bright shoots anyway, I know we got bad news with, um, bad news with Diaz obviously today that he's mm. out for a few weeks, uh, but really thought they linked up well and I was delighted for Nunes. He got no serves at all in the second half. He was anonymous as a lot of them were, but I thought, he's, look, at, I just think he's fucking, he causes chaos and he's going to get a lot of chances. He's going to miss his fair share, but I think he's going to score his fair share as well. So, um, yeah, look, that's my kind of, that's the positive spin I'm hanging on to glass half full Davo tonight uh, with Nunes. Not fucking like you Davo to be honest with you. No, um, no. And I'm, a bit, I'm a bit shocked by it. Um, lots of positive in the chat I'm being honest. Um, you know John says Darwin was excellent. Unfortunate we starved him of chance the second half. That's fair. Emmett says Nunes mm. last two songs have been really positive. Anthony Kyo said um, 
Anthony Coe goes along the same lines. He says uh, he was outstanding. Some of his uh, runs off the ball, sweet Jesus, when he started to play, he's going to uh, get a um, score Haffelt. Andy, he, look, he he's a fucking idiot against Palace, right? Second game into his proper game into his Liverpool career. Forget the charity shield and pre-season. On. Second game, sticks a not kind of sticks a head in your man. Your man fucking blows goes down a bit too easy, right? But <laughs> but like the thing is, like he comes back. There's a lot of chopping and changing, right? There's a lot of chopping and changing. There's a lot of he's up front. He's Firmino's in form. Can he get back in? Jota's coming back and and stuff like that and. He's so under the microscope. Like, he's so under the microscope, right? And then, you know, he, he, he scores one at Fulham. He's good. I think he's good the other night against Rangers. He's shown signs there again. Just, Andy, we have to be patient with this fella. You know what I mean? We ha- but he's going to end up in the team because of Diaz missing. You're going to probably see Jota out left. So, um, But we have to be patient with him. He's shown good signs. The only thing that might hold them back, Andy, is the chopping and changing constantly and Liverpool themselves not getting into a rhythm. Yeah. Um, look, the unfortunate thing for him coming in is like with the big money, huge expectations. And unfortunately, he's coming into a team that are struggling. If he was coming into Liverpool team maybe last season or a couple of seasons ago, um, when they were able to afford to leave these signings on the bench for a while, like we've seen... Um, Canate slow enough getting into the team way back we've seen Fabinho slow enough getting into the team we've always kind of seen a, a big money sign and just sit out for a while uh, and watch the team playing uh, but unfortunately he's had to be just thrown into the deep end and we haven't got an awful lot to be excited about so people are like putting huge pressure on him to do everything and it hasn't been a great start um, the, there was the loaf, you know, the bit of petulance. Uh, it was hardly a loaf, but anyway, he reacted, and you know, he should know he ha- he can't do that. But now he's come back, and we've seen some positive signs with the change of shape and four attackers. It's it's suiting him. But as Davo says, the bright the you know the bright shoots yesterday were him and Diaz. They were, you know, Arsenal couldn't handle him for a large spell of that first half. Um, Diaz going off injured was a huge blow to Liverpool. Yeah. I think we probably would have won the game if he had to stay in the pitch. But once he was gone, we lost that bit of potency and Nunez kind of went out of the game. But you can see the difference that these kind of younger, hungrier, more energetic players who haven't got the miles bent up on their legs can do. You know, And that's what we're seeing from a lot of the Arsenal players. And that's what we're seeing from a lot of our players when they're that bit younger and earlier on in the club kind of um, project. So what we really need is is players like Elliot to be doing that. Um, I mean, Simicus has come in and gave us a bit of an option at left back. Unfortunately, we've no one that can come in for Trent properly and play the same role. But these guys, Nunes uh, and, and Diaz, they're excellent. And it's just, it's such a fucking pain, uh, shame. And it, it's, this shit just seems to only happen to us that now he's going to be out till after Christmas. Um, he's going to miss about eight Premier League games the way the World Cup is and everything else. Um, but I just hope that him and Jota can maybe uh, you know, spark up some sort of a partnership because the fella definitely has uh, has ability and once he gets going, once he clicks, he can be excellent. But unfortunately, he's just coming into a team that's in a huge lull at the moment. you know, And we're so vulnerable at the back. If he could really just tighten things up at the back, maybe 
um, they'd start creating a bit more, you know, chances going forward. And and we'd see Nunes and you know prove to people what what a class footballer he is. Like I've said a couple of weeks ago, we don't really know what he is just yet. We don't know what club's plans for him uh, are, but we're going to need the rest of the team to um, pull up their socks before we see it out of him. Listen, I, I've been impressed with him. I've been impressed with him. Um, I think his movement has been really good. He hits, um, I think it was, Darren says he hits so many shots on target when he plays. He hits the mm. target, getting into some excellent position. It bowls well for us when we click. I, I agree with Darren. Um, I think it was John who said earlier, though, he needs to he needs to become very single-minded for me. And that's not on the pitch. I mean, like, you know, the social media stuff and all that. He needs to get out of that. He needs to go tunnel vision here because, do you know what? In times of adversity, someone always comes out as a bit of a hero, a bit of a, not a cult hero, but a fella you can hang your hat on when things aren't well. You know, you look at 2021, now Salah's doing it since whenever, but if you look at 2021 when we were struggling with those injuries, Salah showed up, started scoring, like, scoring goals, big goals going away at Old Trafford, scoring goals and dragging the team. And he, I think Nunes looks to me kind of a bit like that sort of fella. You know, he's not afraid. He's physically strong. He's quick. Not afraid to get, get involved with, with defenders. Hits the target. Got really good goal the other day. Like the minute Diaz gets a little ahead on that and gets himself down the wing, he's gone. He's absolutely gone. Put it in there. I'm going to score. Lazlo says, Nunes said in an interview after the game, I'm like a bottle of ketchup. When the goals come, it's not going to stop footballers. <laughs> bloody love ketchup. I hope that's just you messing that. So he hasn't said that. Um, but but you know what? I think while I'm a bit skeptical of, oh, look, he has Salah there, not in great form. He had got Diaz. Now it might be Jota. You know, he doesn't really play with Firmino an awful lot. Um, the midfield's been chopped and changed and the shape and the personnel. But I'm hoping... Just the way, just the look of him, I'm hoping he kind of goes, I'll show fucking everyone here. You know, when we're, we're struggling a bit, I'll show someone. And I said it the other day, I think if he gets one, I think he could go on a run. And I hope he does. Um, and people comparing it to Haaland and stuff like that. Haaland's not even interested in playing football. Like, to compare what he, what this player's trying to do for Liverpool to Haaland's literally standing in the box for fucking 90 minutes looking for tap-ins. Tap and yeah. scored some really good goals, but Man City are not interested in playing football with uh, Erling Haaland they're only interested in putting her in the net and that's what you need yeah. and that's I don't know why I don't know why fans do that to themselves like they you know pre-season people were saying oh well I reckon Nunes will score more than Haaland why why would you do that to yourself um, mean, why do you why do you uh, no, manage I think, you, I think your, it's okay to predict what you think a player might do but I thought Salah's score more than him but that's obviously not going to but the thing is if you put Nunes into the Man City side I'm not saying he scores as many as Haaland, but he'll be doing different things than Haaland done. Like, when, when Jesus played for for Man City, he didn't stand in the box like Haaland. He was down no. the sides, he was coming short, he was getting the ball. Haaland's doing none of that. He's touching mm. the ball about 10 times in a game, twice the fucking, once to kick it off, and, you know, the, the rest is putting the ball in the net. He's doing absolutely nothing outside that, and that's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm laughing. Just there's some of the comments that they're kind of which you have, like they're just saying, well, he just does that, but fuck me. He does it really well. And I mean, that's what wins games is oh, all those yeah, goals. Andy, I'm, com- I'm completely into that. But you have to remember, like Man City, uh, Man City's play is De Bruyne on the right hand side with Walker and whoever's up front on the right hand side, overload and hit them balls in for Haaland. 
That's what it is. Overload. And look, City always, you see, City always done this. The overload is you yeah. got down the side. But when you had yeah. Aguero who wanted to get involved, Jesus wanted to get involved, it didn't work enough for them. Because you were left with fellas that weren't as clinical in finishing, i.e. Sterling um, and to a point Mares yeah. getting some chances. Whereas this, they're literally saying to these guys, you stay at wide, this mm. fella stay in the middle. We're only looking for him and he's going to yeah. score the goal. Yeah. So look, sure, is, but look, Nunes is it, trying to do something different. You're seeing uh, Sterling, you know, occasionally popped up at the back post. A couple of seasons ago, he popped up at the back post and just for a tap in a lot. Mm. But he did, he, he, he did a lot more in the games. With a bit of luck, teams can figure him out and they can cut out the service you're talking about a player who's maybe having 10 touches a game mm-hmm. i mean surely you can fucking cut out 10 passes in a game but that's but you see it's known but you see it's by design where they literally tell him to occupy center halves which means they can't be too brave and then we'll make the best possible chances for you and we trust you to put them all away and I, that's hear, what I, know, I know i know um, it's not, i know it's not easy but just uh, with a bit of luck, teams start figuring out how how it happens. Well, the easiest way just... to do it is to push Man City into the middle of the park, but nobody seems to want to do that. Mm. Just push them into the middle of the park. It's not hard, but they refuse yeah. to do it. Um, where are we? What have we done there? What was what did we do? Was that your winner, Davo? That was my winner. Yeah, we're yeah. on to Andy's. Andy's loser. loser. We have eleven minutes before Davo has to go to bed. Andy, what is your loser? Uh, what was it again? The PGMOL, Andy. Hurry up! I'm dying to talk about them. <laughs> How are we going to do this in five minutes? 11. Look, uh, obviously the loser, uh, without fucking any debate, has to be Michael Oliver and the VAR boys. Um, I thought I'd missed a real change in, in the handball rule uh, yesterday when that was waved away without any sort of review. Um, to me, there's no easier decision in football than something so black and white, you know. And for them not to even ask Oliver to check for himself is just phenomenal. But again, um, the rules these days are are just far too uh, subjective, you know, open to interpretation. I think there's something about proximity. There is something about intense. There's something about uh, natural position and and motion of the player. And uh, it's like it's got so complicated that how the fuck like you know are, are they enabling these poor referees to make these decisions it should be just far more simpler objective refereeing but um that was a disaster um look don't get me wrong we've seen them the they've uh, gone on today uh the penalty for them we've seen them given for me it wasn't even a foul but unless unless it's blatant, let VAR decide. Don't just blow up straight away and give a penalty. You know, let it play on. Uh, then the 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 biggest shit show of the day had to be the linesman. Uh, they're told to not throw up their flag. Uh, so when they don't do that and it's played on the goal scored, they can <laughs> review it. And at this occasion, they go to review the goal with VAR and they haven't even got a fucking camera that's pointing at the player. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, what is going on there? And Liverpool go a goal down um, a minute into the game because there's no camera on the player. 
in Premier League. You're mm-hmm. talking about owners that are pumping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of million and players getting paid 900 grand a week and there's no camera on the player. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's five cameras in each half mm-hmm. and not one of them was on the player when playing, the ball was playing played. The ball. Mm. Not one of them. There was the big uh, broadcast screen, right? Which if you actually look it up, if you actually look VAR up, that's supposed to be enabled with VAR technology. Mm-hmm. But according to Dale on ESPN, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like that is, and I mean, I say here as someone who's kind of supports VAR when it comes to uh, offsides, because I want these decisions taken out of these stupid referees' hands. I want things that are just black and white, that goals don't go against it or shouldn't count. Like you see Rashford yesterday, uh, the, the the law says, the fucking rule of the game says you can't handle the ball and lead up to a goal. So it was disallowed. Bang, happy days. No, you can't. But, this, but if you score directly, it's disallowed. If he had a yeah, shot yeah, and yeah. it came back off the keeper and someone else yeah, scored, no, but he didn't. it would have been a goal. So the law, the, the rule of the game says that what happened is it has to be disallowed. So it takes the decision out. But in our occasion, because we're uh we were uh we were attacking and they were defending, you could just do what you want and the referee can make up his own mind or interpret his own way. Absolute mm-hmm. bullshit. His hands up in the fucking air and the ball plows off it and it prevents us from possibly scoring. And we don't get a penalty. And they, I was thinking to myself, okay, like maybe it's just a case where there's no cheap penalties getting given away here today. Because you don't want the, the game decided by a penalty or a contentious decision. But then as soon as there's any fucking chance of Arsenal getting a penalty, he blows his fucking whistle. Yeah. Bollocks. I know. Absolute bollocks. And it's over and over again. Like, it's, it's bad enough that the team are struggling and they're playing shite. We don't need this fucking crap. That refer- Identical, identical one tonight decide. in the Forest and Villa game. Identical one tonight. Same kind yeah. of contact. Actually, the one referee. tonight. Referee the one tonight just, there was nah, more contact. Probably more contact, mm. yeah. There was. There was definitely mm. more contact. But instead, Oliver just blows the fucking whistle. Why not just let let it play and let and the VRR just give because, a shout on the mic? Because you're expecting them to follow procedure and they're not. Yeah. They're and not again, following procedure. They're, they're yeah, following I, whatever procedure they feel like they want to follow. It, it's not procedure. Procedure is something where you have to... There's a procedure you follow. Yeah. They're not doing that. Because if, if Michael Oliver blows that for a penalty yesterday, which he does, the referee tonight in that Forest game should blow the whistle. Right? Mm. But the second part of it is, the guy in the thing should be looking at him going, I know you've blown for that, but you need to go. There's no humility in it. There's no honesty mm. in it. And it's, po- and it's no. still, again, that grey area they keep going on about. We don't know who makes the decision. And we don't know if he's looked at that and said something to him and has he done this. And So once there's a grey area there where we don't have all the information... What might as well Gaff, be talking to that fucking wall? I, abs- I knew absolute certain that uh, that uh, penalty wasn't going to be overturned because it wasn't a clear and obvious error. There was no way he was going to send him to the monitor. Mm-hmm. But he should have been sent to the monitor for the handball. Yeah, but clear and obvious error, you see, that's another that's another fallback. It's another where, get out. Yeah, yeah of course get it is. Out, because yeah. then, you're saying, then you're trying to tell people they're right or they're wrong. You know, whereas if the VAR come to him and goes, he does make contact, Michael, but come here, listen. It's, you know, it's barely there. It's not enough to send them down. And we see it so much from officials or Dermot Gallagher on Sky going, he doesn't give it, but you look, there's not enough contact there. That's absolutely fine when he says that. But Davo, go on, I'll let you go before I do. Uh, listen, like 
what what more can, can be said about it? It's just subjective decisions like that. Like I'm I'm like Andy. I love reading Dale's joke uh, on a Monday about the var. Like he, he he does a great job. He gives a real insight into it. He will reply to you, won't you not being a fucking idiot and like yeah. getting tick with him over stuff rather just kind of asking him questions. He was today and he's spot on. They now fucking camera with the two players with Ben White playing the ball, which is like twenty twenty two of the Premier League. It's crazy. He he also brought up it happened in Italy as well, but the event is where your mom was about five years on soil playing the ball on soil yeah. and they hadn't got the fucking camera angle. So it, it isn't just England like in that mm. sense he's saying, right? But like someone said earlier in the chat, and I've said it before, there was no English officials at the 2018 World Cup. But it doesn't matter if it's, it's it doesn't matter if it's happening shit. everywhere else. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you. Just using the, just yeah, no, the that's point. what I'm saying. You're right. Yeah. We're we, we're only concerned about what we're watching. Exactly. You know, like there was there was no officials at the 2018 World Cup because they were shit. Like the next World Cup's all around. I think it's Oliver and Anthony Taylor. I think are the only two. Could be wrong. There could be other ones. I don't know, but. It's just fucking, it just compounds it again then tonight with that one. There's more contact on the Villa player. He goes down the referee, just fucking waves it off. Fire the view. Now, that's Grant. It's just dealing with, yeah, like, I, I, like, people go in about, like, you, you read a lot. There would have been a lot, Andy, on that comments and that fire thread from Dale. Ah, corrupt this, corrupt that. They're not corrupt. They're just shy. They're incompetent. They're just, they're just incompetent. They're shy. Yeah. They, they, they don't sit there putting their fucking, putting their headphones in their ear. All the boys before they have a chat going now, going, listen, we're going to do Liverpool today. Are we going to do our, are we going to do Forest? Are we going to do Villa tonight? They're just shit. Yeah. They're not they, like they're just fucking bad. Yeah. They are bad at their fucking job. But, but, I, but at the same I don't time, believe in conspiracies myself, but no. isn't it's crazy how if they wanted to do you, they could. It, it and why is the that the way it's set up? What? Why why do you think that is? I don't know why. But that's because, that is because the way it they is. have they have get out in the warding. And they've get out in the fact that they're giving you the information only they want you to see. That's it. Yeah, the the rules of the game need to need to be more need to be more black and white. And like if you take they, that would lead to more consistency <clears throat> and accountability. But the fact that they can say, yeah, it's kind of a handball. He's a bit close on there, but how close? Like there's no the ruler out. Like there was a a penalty awarded uh, this weekend. Uh, exactly the same, and it, it was it was probably closer. Mm. You know, if, says, you hand, if you if you stop a ball from going across the fucking goal with your hand, it's a penalty. Well, Jonathan says if that handball went against Liverpool, I'd be fuming. Can't kick a ball a yard away into an arm and get a penalty. This unnatural position at times is a load of balls. No, I'm going to tell you, it's not about proximity, right? What they look at is. It doesn't matter whether you're two yards away or 15 yards away. You've seen it with Joe Gomez a couple of years ago away at City because he had his hand down when the ball was crossed and it hit off in De Bruyne, I think, right? What happens yesterday is that Gabriel is chasing Jota. Jota goes to kick the ball, right? Now, Gabriel is never going to block a ball by putting his hand up there. he's, He's having no benefit by putting his hand up shoulder height and away from his body. Why is he doing it? It's not balance because he's actually set when Jota goes to hit it. It's set when he's in motion, but he's you know he's not trying to adjust himself. He's running in that direction, and that hand comes up as soon as Jota hits that ball. Right? It's mm. it's a penalty. Now I, I can say it again: Arsenal deserve to win the game for me. But when you look at these things, right, that's a penalty because you have stopped 
a ball going across the box. I think it's Nunez in the middle waiting for it. Now, there's a defender with him, right? And then you look at Marcus Rashford, who's running through. Um, Tarkowski comes across, hits it off Rashford. It hits his heel. It goes up. It hits his arm. It comes down. He continues on and he scores. Then you see West Ham. Antonio puts his hand on it, has a shot. It's shite. The defender, the keeper, make a bollocks. If it comes back out, he takes a touch and knocks it in. That's a goal. Right, because it's considered another phase of play. The way they've made up these rules is right. They're protecting defenders in a certain way because they can actually put their hand on it. In certain situations, they can actually put their hand on it with their hand away from their body and not get a penalty against them. But a forward can accidentally have the ball smashed against them. Like Marcus Rashford knows nothing about that yesterday hitting his arm. And he can be penalised for it if he goes on and scores a goal successfully for it. They're all over the fucking place. And <clears throat> not only are the rules wrong, but the way they implement them is wrong. The way they implement everything is fucking wrong. And they can be wrong because no matter how much we all talk about it, and we'll probably do it again next week, you don't know all the information. Like, if I knew that that VAR fella, right, when Michael Oliver points to that penalty, if I knew that that VAR fella come on and went... Uh, Michael, I'm looking at that. Yeah, I think it's okay to give a penalty. Then you can absolutely fume at them. But if you if you knew that, he came on and went, I think you might have to look, have a look at that, right? Because there's contact, but it's very minimal. And I don't think it's enough for him to go down. And he goes off and he makes that decision on his own. You can pin her on Michael Oliver that you feel he's wrong. But right now, we don't know who made that decision. We don't know because we don't know the communication and we can't hear it and we don't get any access to it afterwards and they that's were supposed to do they were supposed to um, they'll never do it Andy yeah. they will keep that little pocket no, but they had agreed Gav they had agreed to do it I know that but they'll Not keep that lo- little pocket at all yeah. times and then they'll keep the clear and obvious thing because the clear and obvious thing is a complete and utter fucking get out right oh it's not clear and obvious well it fucking is to everyone else watching so why can't you just explain yourself and then listen Carly Sacco is, pro- Sacco is probably on site yesterday he's probably on site right I don't know because I can't tell at that angle that that's shown. He's me not on side. Right, he's oh. absolutely not on side. Right, I he could be. I don't know if he is because with the naked eye you can't really tell in that shot. For me, at the angle it's taken, right? He's standing fifteen yards in the touchline yesterday, seven eight yards inside Liverpool's half, and you're telling me that they don't have the technology to know if he's offside or not, right? So what happens if a guy, what happens if there's a game on Champions League final, right? Champions League final, team are fucking getting battered, it's won all, they're getting battered, and a defender launches this thing out, launches it from the, his own six-yard box, and it finds a fella in the, on, the, on, the other side of the, on the other side of the hat with only scores, and the European Cup final is won. And they go, he's offside. Ah, oh, well, look, we didn't have the Lions. What? We didn't have the fucking Lions. Mm. You, listen... And that's and listen, me and you have argued about this, Andy Lodes, and I've come away round to your way of thinking that those procedures are there, but they are incompetent. But that yesterday, that the five cameras in the ground for Hawkeye, and none of them could place a line on these two. None of them. Yeah, this that thing, was that, this thing that swinging was like a chandelier was, over the fucking yeah. Emirates, going up and down and left and right, couldn't fucking put a line on them two. Yeah, it's an absolute that was shambles. A- that was offside, and look, and again, I say here as someone who I completely understand angles and perspective and everything mm-hmm. else, but a trail and foot, you can see by the lines of the pitch, was way, way across Trent's shoulder. 
And the, clo- and the, closest, and the closest part of the Trent's body actually to the line, and he was still past what he thought was Trent's elbow, which is that that can't be playing him on so it's kind of no. because it's the elbow. No, it's so, underneath your arm. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like, like, the, the most advanced position of Trent, I think, is just the shoulder blade. And uh, Gabriel, or, sorry, whose foot was it? Uh, Sarkis. Sarkis foot is miles. It's 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 so it's so obvious. I fucking guarantee it. Now we can't. There's no point in drawing lines on your phone. We know that doesn't work. Or ruler on your telly. Yeah, it it, it doesn't work. <laughs> we, need to, <laughs> we need to see that vertical plane bra. Geometry set. Remember the steel geometry yeah. sets in the in the yeah. steel pencil compass. Thing. The pencil in. But um, on, they're they're the ones they're the ones that we see every week. A trail of foot. That's that's a he's a good length of an ankle offside. Someone says that apparently some of the cameras weren't working. That's the only excuse. And it's not even an excuse. That's the only reason. Because no Premier League ground should have a player in it, right? A player in anywhere on that pitch that you can put a line across him. And we ha- and someone said I seen someone else saying saying, Oh, um, they hadn't got a shot of Ben White and Saka in the same spot in the same shot at the same time. It's not like he's standing on the fucking end line hitting this. He's about twenty yards inside his own half. The other guy's standing just beyond the halfway line. Come here, Gav. <laughs> the only reason the f- could be that those cameras broken, and if the cameras are broken, no, they, should, they should be able to say, say cameras are broken. We're not using VAR today. Simple as yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Dale didn't say it was a camera broken. They said that there is five cameras. The five cameras were operating, and not one of them showed it. Offside starts at the halfway line. You have to have a fucking camera on the players that are on the halfway line. It's absolutely ridiculous. And if it's if there's a chance that that can't happen, surely. When all the money that went into developing this and, and implementing this and testing this, every situation should have come up. Oh, what if the camera's not on them? Oh, have we got a contingency plan for that? What are we going to do in that event? Oh, I'll tell you what we'll do. But we'll just why, give the goal anyway. Why isn't the camera it, on them? Fuck it. Well, look. It, in a 40-yard space, why isn't the camera on them? If a camera if a camera's genuinely not on them, right? If a camera's genuinely not on them, that means it can't happen. Right, that means that they should have thought of a contingency plan for these events, but the plan is seen to be, oh, we'll, we'll just go uh, the onside. So he could have been like miles offside, yeah, and he probably would have had to just go away, yeah, um, you know, because they can turn around and say, well, we haven't got the lines, we we can't tell, yeah. Well, if he's miles off, he could tell, but I know what you're no, saying. No, he can't. Well, the, no, but the line, out, the line a... would have put his flag up if he But Well, if he'd, if he'd have panned out and said, what right, the there's Ben, there, the there's Ben White didn't. kicking the ball and Saka's 15 yards offside. We know he's offside. But when it comes down to that close stuff, A, the linesman's not going to make a decision because they're not allowed to make any more decisions anymore, right? They're not allowed to make them, right? They're only there to fucking, they're only there as part of the furniture at this stage. And But, but what I'm saying is, uh, uh, for all the argument, why isn't there a camera on him? Because, I'll say it again, if, if Arsenal launched that ball from their six-yard box, right, okay, and Saka and Trent are standing in the same positions, they should have a camera on them. So are we saying long balls now can't be found offside? Is that what we're saying? Because, oh, they weren't in the same frame. That's what they're saying. That's, That's what they're that, saying. That, that is we, we, the Zoom Gav, function was broke on the fucking camera. Gav, I followed, I followed VAR closely, you know, and I always read Dale's thing, and because... Normally, 
every, every weekend as Oprah or something. And nine times out of ten, I, I can say to myself, no, that's cop on. It, it doesn't work like that. At least try and understand the rule before you lose your fucking uh, mind yep. on Twitter. But for the ones that I'm not too sure about, I keep me counsel. I kind of think, oh, hang on, because Dale's going to clear this up. And I was thinking that Dale would come out today and say, yeah, I've got access to the uh, the Lions. There was just a broadcast there. They didn't, they didn't put them up. But here you go. Here's the Lions, and yeah, he was uh, he was marginally offside uh, with that tolerance level. So tough shit. Suck it up. When I read, when I read today that there was no camera on him, I was blown away because that doesn't happen. That shouldn't happen with VAR. We had another one where VAR didn't see the the last man a couple of weeks ago in the Champions League, and then there was another thing in Italy as well, something very similar. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, but the, there's millions, there's, there's millions, no and millions riding on this, and there's millions spent on development and implementation and the technology um, to determine whether somebody is in a more advanced position or not is absolutely perfect and it's spot on and it's tested within a fucking inch of its life, and they've done everything to make it uh, as as reliable as it is, but to not have a camera on it—that's human error again. That's, but Lazlo says here, and if this is true, Lazlo, right? Many issues with cameras, space, blocking views, logistics, budget, staffing, etc. It should be uniform at all grounds, but isn't. Listen, come off it. Because you can't turn around and go, um, Mick is fucking due two weeks holidays and he has to take them. Um, so, <laughs> listen, we only have four cameras at the Emirates this week. Like, what the fuck is this? You have to be winding me up. You have take, to be take, winding take, me up. Gav, we, come here. They, See that thing about um, blocking views and everything else? That's why there's five cameras. And we've seen um like dale covers it as well there's been incidents where there was a blocked view and what and the contingency plan is so they have a plan for this is they they apply where where it should be you know so they kind of it's a bit of a guesstimation and, and that's just what they have have to do like a lot a lot of a lot of the uh, offside and uh, the plotting of the lines, it's it's not automated. It's down to the human to pick the point. So if they can't, if there is, if it is blocked out, they have a plan B, yeah, and they come up with a decision. Yesterday they didn't even have a decision to give, yeah. and they, like Sky just glossed over. Why did, why did no one on Sky like even say, "Oh, we haven't got the uh, line for that. that? That must be onside. We haven't heard back," because they fucking knew Tyler and you're a prick, um, just. Decided to in fairness just... to Neville, though, Neville turns around in the penalty incident and says, sees it and says, he's th- he's in trouble here. And then when they don't give it, he's like, what? You haven't given it? No, it wasn't kind of, that's outrageous, but they were kind of a bit bemused at the penalty decision with Jota. Uh, but, uh, but look, uh, at, here, the end, were, at the end of the day, they were at the blowing end of the day, their beans when Hasius got lamped over by Allison and Virgil when he was sandwiched. Yeah. They thought, oh, lovely. Here's a, uh, yes. Yeah. Fucking Allison's in big trouble here. Yeah. <laughs> but, fucking disgusting. When but I know, but listen, come here. But that's what, that's what you come to expect. Uh, yeah. But yeah. that's what you come to expect. But look, at the end of the day, like, um, I think it's Stephen, it was a Stephen Lennon was giving out, he's saying, relax, it's only a game of football. Well, um, it is only a game of football, but this is the stuff we're asked to tolerate every week. And this is where we're asked to view a game with these facilities put in. And then when they don't walk, I think everyone's quite entitled to go, what the fuck is going on? You know, you keep they keep ramming all this stuff down our fucking throats every week and then just say, ah, we, we didn't have a camera, which is fucking ludicrous. There's, there's no other word for it. Um, we have to go. 
oh fuck, we owe Davo seven seven minutes overtime here. Okay. Um, I'm open about twenty minutes. But, <laughs> but listen, before we go, um, can I just answer that quickly? Um, answer what? There's a what? comment there. What happened to the semi-auto VAR that they were talking about recently? Oh, yeah. Well, that's happening in the Champions League. It's happening in the World Cup and it's happening in the Premier League next year. Yeah. Boom. But um, it's still the PGMOL running it. So God knows what you're going to fucking get next season. Um, the rest of Europe and the World Cup and all, brilliant. Um, but the English Premier League with these people in charge, it's, it's a farce. And, and, and it will continue to be so until they, they either change to get rid of them simple as that um before we go uh thanks a million for watching everyone hit the like button on your way out if you want um 200 and odd watching 84 likes so loads of people haven't liked where jono's hit the unlike button again tonight because i had a rare with him last night fair enough um but um subscribe if you want to as well because this is all free and by subscribing we get to see more people to see it and it helps us bring it to you for free but the biggest thing tonight is that Bobby's Wish to Walk has passed the 150 grand target. Um, it was passed sometime this evening. So he's just gone beyond that. So that is absolutely amazing news. We've wrecked your head for months over this. Um, we make no apologies for it, but we have wrecked your heads over it and constantly went on and on and on and on. Um, Bobby's Wish to Walk sent us a message tonight to thank ourselves and everyone that watches or listens or you know shared or donated or fundraised they sent us message tonight to thank them from the bottom of their hearts because it's it's life-changing for bobby what's what's about to happen in the next few months from so he has passed the 150,000 mark we will stop giving out um giving out to you about it every night of the week um and we're only delighted to stop doing it now because we've got where we needed to get um, don't don't worry though. There'll be there'll be an extra. There's another one coming. <laughs> I will be fucking wrecking your head again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> um, that's what we're here for. Um, Andy, anything else before we go? Now, now look. That um, just on that, like there we are, Bobby. Now uh, heading off to America, and like we're just seeing the progress that Sienna is making, and that's going to be Bobby now soon. It's uh, it's unbelievable, and again, fair play to you, Gav. You know you're determined. To, to get these things done and there's always a charity up on the on the screen every every fucking night for the last couple of years and uh, I, I think um we're all grateful and thankful for you to be doing that you know it's it's uh, not only me doing it i i put no, the graphics look, up here, but we're, everyone no, everyone gives we're it. all we're all extremely proud to be part of that you know we're doing this mm. show uh as a hobby nobody's making any money it's fucking free and um you know and to be able to use it as a kind of a platform to go out and you know spread a good word for somebody that's like you know it's changed Sienna's life and it's going to change Bobby's life and we've seen and, and there's been other ones in the past as well you know so I think that's what it's all about that's what football and community uh, is really about so but like it's it's your it's your leadership Gavin it's your you know thing and without you it wouldn't be, wouldn't be happening so fair play to you yeah, well, but no, not really. Um, without everyone no. else donating, no, 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 we don't go in for all that. Uh, stop talking, Davo. Um, <laughs> anything else before we go? Only that I second every ah, single bit off, of that. What Andy said, you're a fucking um, great fellow. All together now, hurry up and get this thing off. Go to bed, you fucker. 
Best boy. <laughs> um, listen, that has been winners and losers. Uh, tomorrow night, me and Keith are doing a preview of Liverpool v Rangers. And we have a prize to give away. So check, keep an eye on our Twitter tomorrow because we have a little bit of a prize to give away um, around that show tomorrow night. Um, you will be able to enter via Twitter and via uh, YouTube tomorrow. So check that out. Um, Full Time Reds on Wednesday. Viewers Voice Thursday. Premier League forecast Friday. We're off on Saturday, but we're back with one, if not two, shows on Sunday. All right. Um, we better go before Davo hooks the head off me uh, the next time he sees me. That's so being Andy. Slagging That's being Davo. As well. uh, your T-shirt. <laughs> what, what, Can we have a word on Andy's shirt before we go? Uh, it's a golf T-shirt. It's a bit camouflage That's my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Fucking, uh, what is it? It's one of those ones you like. Um, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but look, that's been Goinies. it. It's the Smeg golf t-shirt. <laughs> <Goinies>. <laughs> Mick Argoini. It's right, Pep Linders or whatever you call it. <laughs> Take a picture of yourself and stick it on. I'll, get, I'll stick it on the main account for you on the Twitter. Right, that's been it. We'll talk to you soon. Over and out. <laughs>